All right, I want to talk with my good man, uh, Devin Goodman here, as it were, uh, and it's great to have him on board again. So two things I want to talk about today, the SVB bank collapse, uh, of course, and what that means, uh, how we came to it. Uh, but I, I'm just, as you know, I always like the bigger picture. And then I want to talk about this uh, transgender stuff, specifically with this guy, Dylan Mulvaney, um, two fascinating stories that relate to him. And for that matter, the whole transgender movement, it's, it's really quite interesting. All right. So first, uh, Devin, I want to talk about this crazy thing that happened with SVB Bank. Uh, you know the talking points already, that the talking points are essentially that it, uh, it's this regional bank that was catering mostly to uh, tech companies, entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley. And anybody who was anybody was, was banking with them. They knew what was what. But it turns out that it was just children operating the store, and they had no idea what they were doing. There was not even a, a chief risk officer for nine months, if ever at all. I don't even know. Uh, they were not evaluating what was going on. They were not doing any stress testing. They were just running it like, oh, cool, I, I guess I've got money in this bank. It's like, like, like kids would run a bank. That's how they ran it. Right? More important to them was being able to um, virtue signal by the fact that they had this kind of transgender person that kind of um, skin color, this kind of, uh, I don't know, whatever, uh, especially in the transgender world. That, that's what they really cared about. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that came to, to bite them, obviously. But the bigger story here, uh, I mean, what do you think the big story in, in your mind? What, do you, what would you say? I think the bailout is the biggest story, that there's going to be no consequences yet again. We're still feeling the effects of 2008 when they've completely – all the poor had to take care of it. All the middle class had to pay for it. But like the rich, they still got their bonuses. They still got paid. Like maybe one person might have some kind of punishment, but it won't be anything. And it just – again and again, you see how – the people in power are running it, and it's not well, acceptable. We are obviously wrong about that because the Democrats uh, love the little guy, and they're <laughs> for the poor. So, I mean, yeah, I mean that's just it. QED. You are wrong, sir. Wrong. Yeah. Uh, we, look, of course you're right about that, and it's. But but what's amazing about it is how people can't see through that, and that 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 is disturbing to me. This is a a new configuration in party politics that. And I have to give credit to, um, to a good friend of mine, Bob Zeidman. He mentioned that he saw a turning point in the way politics uh, has, has happened uh, with the Iraq war. Not so much what Bush is pushing on the Iraq war, uh, but the way the Democrats later claimed that they never supported the Iraq war, despite all this video evidence showing them that they fully support the Iraq war, and, and including Hillary Clinton uh, and many others who suddenly just pretended it never happened. And despite all the evidence right there in front of everyone to see, they didn't care. They just moved forward and they realized that nobody was, was calling them to task. Nobody was pointing it out. And I think there's something to that here as well, where SVB, you know, they're, they're claiming to be so uh, uh, for the little guy for the, and, and fight the, the rich guy. And let's, let's soak him with taxes because he's unfairly gaining uh, advantage in America. But when it comes down to it, they will protect the big guy. 
um, to the detriment of the little guy. And that's what I, I think that's a, a big story here. And I, I really do like the, the fact that what you're pointing out, which is the big bailout. And they will have no qualms about it. Nobody in the room was thinking for a second, gosh, you know, what will this look like if we, if we bail out this bank, SVB? I mean, it's already been sold. So it's, but if we protect these people in any way, uh, then, you know, what, what will the public relations do? What will that, sorry, what will public relations be for us? And that will they call us hypocrites? Will they do that? I mean, that, that's what they don't worry about at all. And they know this will all blow over. They will take care of their own and their own are the rich. Let's face it, there are many more rich millionaires and billionaires who are Democrats than who are Republicans. Um, and just, but that's their narrative. You know, the, the rich are the conservative ones. Uh, I, I wish we're not. But anyway, they control everything. At the end of the day, they do control everything. And it's, um, we're not going to see any change. How do we fight this, Devin? How do we... I mean, do we talk like we're doing right now on, on podcasts by telling them, gosh, you know, we need to speak out about this, that they're really not uh, taking care of the little guys as they claim? I mean, w- what is the answer for this? I really think the answer and this, like, we're talking about, like, I hate to say it, but some kind of third party thing, because both sides are so corrupt in Ukraine, so corrupt with the money laundering and with the banking industry and stuff. And like, we know, and we've always known that politicians lied. That's not the new story. But we've stopped caring. We've stopped holding them accountable. We've become cynical. Oh, yeah, that's just how they do instead of saying, no, this is something we have to fight against and make sure that it never happens again. Like with too big to fail. That should have stopped any bank from ever being too big to fail. That should have been the standard. If you can't fail because you're too big, you're no longer a bank. We're going to come in and completely stop it so you're small enough to fail. Right. But we didn't even do that. Well, that's fascinating. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody said uh, about – somebody in SBB said we need to make banks interesting. You know, it doesn't have to be boring. You know, like – you know, no, I do want banks to be boring. Why, why does a bank have to be exciting? What, where are the rules that say that in, in order for you to conduct business, you have to be exciting, right? I mean, people who sell fertilizer or horse manure as fertilizer, you know, I, I'm sure that they don't think about how they can get to be exciting for the, for the common man. No, they, they want to provide a service for the common man, for the common farmer, whatever it might be. And that's how it works. But excitement, I mean, how do we do that? But they have to be, I want, I want, I want banks to consider themselves as exciting as a stop sign, all right, or a traffic light. I, that's, you know, I don't expect to, to interact with a stop sign other than knowing that it's a stop sign and it's telling me and other people, stop here, please, before you proceed. That's it, okay? There's no other purpose to the stop sign. Likewise, a bank's purpose is to collect people's money, safeguard it for them, invest a certain portion of it, in a rational way so that the bank can then in turn loan to other people and to some of the bank holders themselves. And that's good for the economy. Okay. It's not about uh, virtual signaling and making themselves appear to be exciting. This is a new thing. I, I, I don't know what to do. I, I, I really don't know what to say when these, this is just when you think that things can't get more absurd, they do become more absurd. There's, no, there's nothing in the news that seems to be anything other than absurd. 
even the train derail, derailment in uh, Palestine, it's almost as if the White House gets together on such, such things and say, how can we look as horrible as possible in dealing with this? And, you know, ideas, people. <laughs> and, then, and then one person raises his hand. I, I've got an idea, sir. Why don't you say that uh, they're all rednecks and uh, they don't count anyway, so we're not coming, right? I mean, which is pretty much what happened. Or, you know, another person raises his hand. Oh, sir, how about you just don't go there at all and let people wonder? I like that. I like that. More ideas, people, more. <laughs> I mean, that's that, – that, so that was an absurd response. I mean, actually, the – what was the railroad, northern um, something? Yeah. North, Norfolk yeah. or something like that? Yeah, maybe Northwest. Yeah. Whatever the company name is, they they came out there right away. They started doing things. Look, hopefully they'll they'll own it. And, and so far, they, they seem to be handling it quite well. You know, obviously, you wish that that would never happen in the first place, but they're they're taking responsibility. But nothing of the sort from the White House at all. Instead, they're dealing with the you know they went to Ukraine. It's a very bad look. Uh, and then the other absurdities that are going on, obviously with the transgender stuff, uh, just. It just doesn't get more bizarre. I, mean, I can't believe. I wake up every day and I can't believe that we that these are the issues of the day. That's what I, I just can't fathom. And if you have other ideas that you think are so crazy, the transgender stuff in particular, uh, you let me know because I, I, I. Okay, how about this one? When there was a disaster relief recently for a hurricane, I think it was. Uh, Kamala Harris said, okay, well, we're going to dole out money based upon your skin color and uh, your minority status and whether you're an oppressed, uh, you, you belong to an oppressed group. Like, whoa, I, I would never have thought to do that, that this is the way you treat people, that people who are white won't get any kind of help from the government because they're the ones who are white. I mean, right. anyway, absurdity is galore. Do you know why you don't naturally think we should divvy up money in a tragedy based on race? Yeah, tell me. Because you're not a racist. Oh. Okay. I do like that. I do like that a lot. It's very simple, very straightforward. Well, we were... I <laughs> know. Look, you're right. I mean, I, I, I just want to take care of people, whoever they are. Um, they pay taxes and... Uh, they're, they're a citizen of the United States, and that's the way it works. You, you know, what's next? You're going to have a, a passport that shows, like, the, like it did in the old Soviet Union, that it, it shows what kind of person you are. If you were a Jew in the Soviet Union and you had a passport, it would still say Jew on it, just to make clear that, you know, whoever uh, is presented the, the, this passport should know to treat this particular person with contempt, just in case, you know, you didn't know right away. So is that what's going to happen with the passports? I don't know. All right, so next crazy story, speaking about absurd stories, is this uh, guy, uh, what's his name? Um, Mulvaney, Dylan Mulvaney. All right, so this is a guy that <laughs> he he decided that you know, he wasn't doing very well on TikTok or whatever. You know, wasn't get it, he, he was getting a little bit of attention. And I guess he was effeminate or whatever. But he decided to go, I'm going to just do the transgender thing. And suddenly got tons of attention, right? Suddenly he was now interviewing the president of the United States in the, in the White House, no less. Uh, and, ta- and, and, the, and Biden was saying, what can we do to make your life easier? And, how can we do-? and he was answering the questions. It's, it's very strange. It's so funny. Uh, so... This guy, he's getting a lot of attention. He's loving it. And then he, 
And then on this first day after his transition, I don't know whether it was a surgical transition or a hormonal one or whatever you want to call it. And he goes online and he says, it's my first day as a woman. And here's, and I've already had so many emails that are emotional. I, I left a lot of emoticons. I did, and he did all these kind of stereotypes of women. And then he thought that he was appealing to them. And he said, did I get it about right, ladies? Like as if he's trying hard, right? Uh, it was so insulting. I mean, all these ladies are saying, is that what you think women are? That you just think we're just a, a series of these cliches? It's like saying, telling a Jew... Uh, you know, oh, it's my first day as a Jew. I'm eating muscle balls and get filter fish. And uh, I don't know. And I say oi a lot, you know, and I use the word schmuck and chutzpah. And did I get it about right, guys, my fellow Jews? Like, I, I think I'd be really insulted, right? 100%. What if a guy said, oh, I feel like I'm black today? I mean, God, for, you know, and, and then he does some racist stereotypes on that. Did I get, did I get that right, guys? Like, can you imagine? <laughs> Uh, but but it's something about women. I'd, I'd love to hear from, you know, get emails from uh, ladies out there. I, I'm very disappointed in so many of our strong women out there that that are not fighting back when it comes to this transgender crap because it's really hurting women the most, right? right? I, I mean, I have a daughter. I'm I'm, I'm fighting against transgenderism because uh, the, uh, the the takeover of the culture because I think it's dangerous for the women and for the girls, right? I've got a wife, I've got a daughter, I've got nieces, I've got a mom. I've, I've, you know, we all have female relatives and I, I'll be damned if, I, you know, some, somehow all of a sudden, you know, they're in a locker room, they think they're safe and some guy with, uh, you know, with a penis between his legs is walking into there and, and they're supposed to just say, oh, that's cool, no problem. And the answer to, to these ladies when they bring it up, when they, sometimes they say, get over it. Like, this is not about you. Yeah, apparently it's not about the ladies at all. It's only about this, this schmuck who you know, just loves, you know, throwing his, you know, you know what around. Uh, and maybe he gets a thrill out of it. But for whatever his uh, mental state is, it ain't right. And nobody thinks about the ladies. My daughter said it very well, by the way. Brilliant woman. A young lady, I should say. She said, if, if these people, if a trans woman meaning a biological man, if a trans woman really understood what it's like to be a woman, then he would understand why women don't want him in the locker room. Right. Brilliant, right? Right. It's, it's, it's a simple point. Exactly. And when you like to go back to when um, Mulvaney was like, oh, did I get it right? Well, aren't you a woman now? How can you get it oh, right? Oh, man, that's wrong? so good. That's right. You're a woman. You, you change your parts. And therefore, you, you, you must, by definition, know exactly what you're doing. Right, exactly. But they want to pick and choose this pastiche of like cliches and horrific stereotypes that have nothing to do with anything. Yeah, absolutely right. In fact, we, let's play that clip uh, of him. I think it was on TikTok uh, of uh, Dylan Mulvaney talking about his first day of being a girl. Being a girl, and I have already cried three times. I wrote a scathing email that I did not send. I ordered dresses online that I couldn't afford. And then uh, when someone asked me how I was, I said, I'm fine, when I wasn't fine. How'd I do, ladies? Good? Girl power. Okay, so, so, I mean, it's everything we just talked about, right? Every single cliche, right? Uh, I sent a scathing email. I wrote a scathing email I didn't send. I, I bought a dress that I couldn't afford. 
emotional. Em emotional in every way, right? And, and girl power, and did I get it right? Uh, I, I just, just it's breathtaking. And, and I'm sure that many women watching this were furious about that. I'm sure some of them responded. But it's, maybe it's not of the nature of some women to, to get in the soup and fight this like, like it is for us. Uh, look, there are plenty of women out there that do do that, right? right? But I just, the fact that so many, there, there are no feminist groups that are going after the transgender um, appropriation of female sports. Uh, and they're okay with a man walking into their locker rooms and to their bathrooms. Uh, that, that to me, uh, reflects a, a lack of courage. Right. It's almost as if it's not in a woman's nature to push your own political agenda on everyone possible who's too polite to say anything. Possibly that's not a woman who would do that. Right. Oh, that's that's very true. I don't, I don't know. Look, I mean, for whatever reason, the feminists are not pushing back against this transgender stuff. You would think that they would say, look, you're, you're destroying female sports. It should be unique to females, right? And, and allowing a man to participate with women uh, is, is, is changing the whole dynamic of the sport. I mean, it's funny. Like if, if you were to, uh, you know, when, when Lance Armstrong went on the Tour de France, so they tested him for steroids. I mean, but, but somehow when a man is doing it, who is obviously generally speaking much more powerful and faster and stronger and all those things, uh, they don't get tested for that. I mean, when it's plain as day that, that he's that way. And they blow these girls out of the water, literally, as it were. And then uh, the, the girls are also supposed to bark like seals because they got a, a boy on their team. I mean, what about the other team that doesn't have a guy on it? I mean, it, ultimately what's going to happen, it's like a nuclear arms race. We'll just keep on, you know, adding one more. Okay, well, you have a boy in your team. We'll put a boy in our team. Now, now it's equal. Okay, two boys playing. Oh, okay, well, we'll get two boys on our team. Now we'll have a, a second boy on our team. And that, of course, displaces two of the girls. And now they're, they're on the sidelines because, you know, you have to, I mean, if it's a boy on the team and he's on the sideline, well, that, it means nothing. So you got you to gotta activate him. Um, and then it's three boys and three boys and so on. Soon enough, you won't have any girls at all. I mean, isn't that basic? Isn't that the inevitable conclusion of what's going to happen here? And that's exactly like if you actually talk to girls who are um, probably older than your daughter, like they have to be brainwashed in college, they will honestly tell you that no, women are just as strong as men. They've been so poisoned with those lies, with that understanding. And now it's coming back to haunt them because it's like they can't argue, wait, it, the point of having a woman's league is because women are not as strong as men. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, it's interesting. I remember back in college, my freshman year, I had an RA, a woman RA, and she she was, you know, staunch feminist. Uh, I, I wouldn't say she, you know, was one of the typical ones, they, but she had a strong feminist agenda about her. And we would play squash because, you know, she was good at squash. I like squash. And I would, I would beat her, you know, pretty routinely. She was good, though. I have to say she was very good. Um, but I was not as experienced as she was. She was older than me too. And I still be beat her. And she said, just what you said, well, it'll come a day that women will be just as strong as men. She, she felt biologically, scientifically, that they would eventually rise up to that. Not, not that from an equal rights point of view, but, but there was nothing to stop a woman from being as, as powerful as a man. The only reason why they are weaker, uh, perceived weaker, she'd said, was that uh, they've been socialized to not do anything, 
to to not work out, to not do this, not, and therefore they end up being more diminutive. It's like like they've been bred into uh, being weaker. Very very strange. Um, so I, I reject that. Of course, it's silly. Uh, but this same Dylan Mulvaney. So she, he, whoop! I didn't. I, whoop, 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 I backtrack, rewind. Whoop, whoop. Um, he, he. Okay, it's not a she. It's a he pretending to be a she to the outside world. And he obviously thinks that in his own distorted view of reality that he's somehow being accepted as a woman. This is the thing I don't get. I mean, that that a trans... What, what does a transgendered person, somebody who... I won't even call him that. Somebody who wants to be the opposite sex and, and fancies a day where he's going to have a, a surgery... And he's now going to have uh, a vagina and everything. And putting aside all the challenges with the surgery, put, putting aside that it's very clear that these surgeries never go smoothly. And there's never, it's not like an outpatient program where, you know, you're, you're all good to go, you, you know, you know, have a great life. We'll never see you again. You know, tell your friends. It's not going to be like that because you will be revisiting that same hospital over and over again. Okay. It's, it's a, Full employment act for doctors, okay, for this particular kind of surgery. It's a, it's a whole new area. I guess there are not enough diseases to fight, so they have to create this new, this new uh, standard, <laughs> this new industry for themselves. Anyway, um, let, let's say that they had the perfect surgery. Everything went s- smoothly. They had a perfect doctor. There was no issues, no complications whatsoever. Vagina looks like a real vagina, all that good stuff. Okay, and they go out into the world. And look, your bone structure and everything else, you're just not going to be able to fake it, okay? It's, it's Adam's apple and everything else, okay? Everyone's going to know you're a dude, all right? I'm just concerned, I, I just I'm curious rather, what does that person, even assuming the perfect surgery, what does he think the world is going to treat him like? Does, does he really think that they're going to see him and say, oh, he's just one of the girls? Isn't this great? Wonderful. And unless he thinks he can fool them, I mean, really fool them, like, do, do which you can't. You just can't fool that. It's, it's like me pretending to be black. I, I just can't do that. I can't pretend to be uh, seven foot five. I mean, I, I can put on elevator shoes, I suppose, but I can't. I'm, not, I'm just not that. I, there's only so far I can go. It just looks awkward if I pretend to be seven foot five, right? Uh, and, and so what do they think? They, they think that, the other ladies will will uh, will accept him in their mahjong group, right? Really, you think that's what's going to happen? You're going to start, you know, going out in bachelorette nights, and and you're all going to be screaming when you see the, you know, the Chippendales guys dancing and such like that. And you think you're going to be talking the same way about feelings that like women do? Really, do you think that? I I I just I'm so curious what what's in the mind of these people. I think that actually is happening now. And this is the problem with the whole thing is everyone is dirtier and uglier because they're engaging in a lie, an absolute lie. And the women are all humiliating themselves, pretending this is true. And the guy is pretending to be something else. And it's a humiliation. It's so demoralizing to everybody. Yeah, you're so right about this. Uh, you know, I, I love this topic and I wish we could talk more about it. But ultimately, I, it's, it's 
a question of where is this going to go? I mean, do, do you really think this is the, the, the nature of consequences? Like most leftist policies, you don't see that they think anything through. They just never do. And, and this is more in a microcosm, right? On, on an individual level, I go through this surgery. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take off all my male parts uh, and put in female parts somehow. And it's, it's, first of all, it'll never look natural. But let's say it does somehow. Do you really think? What, what, what's on the other side of that fence? How does that, how does that life really look like? And you're going to carry that for the rest of your life? I, I just, I don't think so. All right, my friends. This is Brock Lurie signing off. Saying God bless. And we'll talk with you next week.